Welcome to Series 7, Episode 3 with Michael Coulson. Michael joined the club just after promotion in 2012 and quickly became a fan favourite following a stunning goal on his debut at Doncaster Rovers in the League Cup and was a key player when the team reached the League 2 playoff in 2014. Here he talks about the ups and downs of his time at Boodham Crescent, as well as the rest of his career at Scarborough, St Johnston and Barnsley. This podcast is sponsored by the Derwent Reds, a group of York City supporters from the Derwent Arms in Osbaldwick. Some members have been following York City since the 1970s and have sponsored Charlie Jebson King during his time at York and Jack Leaning for Yorkshire County Cricket Club. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider donating either by texting YHB to the number 70450. That's texting YHB to the number 70450 for £5 plus standard message rate or donating any amount to justgiving.com slash York Hospital Radio. Justgiving.com slash York Hospital Radio. But for now, please enjoy Hospital Ball with Michael Coulson. Thanks for speaking to us, Michael. I thought we'd start right back at the start of your career. I mean, you made yeah. your first team debut for Scarborough age, just 16, coming on for Chris Senior in a 4-0 win over Accrington, the youngest player in the, in the club's history. Is that something you maybe appreciate more as you've got older? Because I sort of think nowadays it's it's very rare, isn't it, someone would make the debut that young because of sort of academy football? I think now, working with scholarship sort of group at Scarborough was 16 to 18 years old and imagining me being like one of the first years and, and actually playing for the first team is something that doesn't really happen as much now, does it? And that sort of makes me realise at the time what a great achievement it actually was. You know, I weren't the biggest lad, my size weren't great. And you know, to be out there playing in, in the conference at 16 was is something I am actually really proud of doing, especially for my home hometown club as well, which you know is always extra special. Yeah, and it's, it's a club that you support, isn't it? You were a ball boy, I think I read somewhere against Chelsea, was that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, my house where I grew up was literally a two-minute walk. So I used to walk to the games from my house in my suit with my bag on my back. And it's fun memory. Is it's sad when you think about it as well because obviously that ground's not there anymore and all the memories that I've had from there it's, it's hard walking past and, and seeing a little in its place now Yeah and I, and I think that's the same for York City fans you know with Boone Crescent now shutting down it, it, it'll be the same and it's not turning into a supermarket but I think York yeah. fans will, will feel the same about that ground You scored your first goal against Tamworth a late equaliser at McCain Stadium and that must have been a dream come true for you like you say walking two minutes from your house and, and popping mm. up with a goal late on what, what's your memories of that game and the goal? The memories of the goal it was a free kick for Neil Redfern always gets on target doesn't he so I thought I'll have a little follow up and see what happens and keep a parried it out and I just come to me in the box and just slide it in and yeah I went a bit crazy from there I mean the memories are quite vivid now but I, I do remember getting home and just laying in bed not being able to sleep all night I was absolutely buzzing and it was a special a very special moment for me that and the following season you made 11 starts you scored 7 goals and, and you played in both the games against York City how big was the rivalry from sort of your perspective or a Scarborough perspective big I, I don't think I really un- understood how how big it was but I mean I've played in a few local derbies throughout my career and I'd say that's 
probably right up there is in atmosphere and intensity and hatred as well if, if that makes sense yeah. you know so there are always the games that you know you really look forward to especially with them being on like Boxing Day and I think it was New Year's Day maybe as well so I always had that extra bit of parting throughout the year and everyone always looked forward to them games and I think we've always done alright against York when I sort of played as well which, which was a bonus not, not for me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah some mad results in that season when I sort of looked and, and sort of researched Scarborough you scored in a 3-0 winner of the Burton and then lost 7-2 at home the following week to Gray how hard was it for sort of a young player and a, and a support like yourself in, in a struggling side it was really strange I've said it to a lot of people on paper the side was actually really good it, we had a good side and a lot of players from that team stepped up into the league the following year so it just didn't quite make sense what was what was going on like, like you said there one week we've won 3-0 against Burton and then suddenly we've lost 7-2 against Grays and I don't think we could put a finger on it all year because the, the quality was there but we just couldn't get the results and I don't know if it's something to do with you know Scarborough been out on a limb and we're travelling and you know we weren't staying overnight so sometimes we're going five hours on a coach there's a lot of southern games where we had to travel a long way and stuff like that but it is an excuse but I think that can play a part in, in things like that especially when you know you ask struggling as well and teams the spirit's not probably there like it should be and was some of those sort of off the field problems starting to occur for Scarborough then maybe maybe that had some impact yeah possibly and I mean there was like the financial issues there as well I remember we used to get paid by cheque when the cheques got delivered into the change room in the envelopes it was sort of a race to the bank to see who could get it in first so theirs didn't bounce there's a lot of things that do go on behind the scenes that can have effects on the pitch and if the club's not run properly ultimately it comes down to the players in the end as a player you just want to feel in a, like you're in a stable environment and it, it weren't stable and obviously it was, it was sad demise for Scarborough but, but you yourself you joined Barnsley that summer and I just wondered whether Neil Redfern had an influence on that move because obviously he'd got very close links with Barnsley hadn't he and he was a, a player alongside you and I think he was manager at one point at Scarborough yeah, wasn't yeah. he well yeah there was obviously Neil and Eric Wynn Stanley who both had big links with Barnsley and before the end of the season Neil pulled me in and said look I've spoke to Andy Ritchie and signed out for you to go training there for two weeks so I was like yeah well, it's great. I still played for Scarborough on the weekends and stuff but I went down to Barnsley for a couple of weeks stayed over had two weeks training there. It's something completely probably out of my comfort zone. You know, it was a different world. I was still only 17, I think, and I was like, this is like, it was quite scary, quite intimidating, but I must have done all right. I played in a couple of uh, reserve games and then at the end of the season, obviously the move came about, so... I was delighted. What was that step up like? Because I look, looked at some of the players in that squad, some real top draw players, like Brian Howard and yeah, John yeah. Macken, and yeah. uh, I think Andy Johnson was there as well, wasn't he? Yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. You've gone yeah. from sort of national league to to championship level in one full swoop. Like you say, it must have been quite intimidating at times. It was. I mean, when I signed for Barnsley, they were actually in League One in the playoffs, so I weren't quite sure which league they were going to be in. And obviously, they won the playoffs that year, so they ended up in the championship. It might have been better for me personally if they stayed in League One, but they got up to the championship and yeah I went in there pre-season completely with no expectations on myself really I think that, that was the key thing I was just you know, see how it goes it was a, an opportunity that you know, I had to try and take and to be fair I, I did alright I did quite well I stuck with it I had a couple of loan moves and stuff which probably helped me out again back into the conference and then eventually got my chance and I was I was playing well until obviously injury struck that's right we'll, we'll come on to that you really did kick on in that second season I mean you played a real key role in that FA Cup run to the yeah. semi-finals I mean you got the winner over Blackpool in the third round and Kemmel against Chelsea in the quarterfinals. I was just thinking that must have been quite surreal given that you were a ball boy a few years before for Scarborough against Chelsea and there you are playing in a game that involves sort of Terry and Elka, uh, yeah. Joko, Balak, Essien. It must have been a hell of an experience. I think 
live on TV as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It, it, it was it was incredible. I mean, it's just something when you're playing, you, you sort of don't take it all in until after the occasion, which is, you know, I still look back at it now and just think, I wish I could relive that day or just even 10 minutes of that day. I mean, the atmosphere at Oakwell that night was scary. It really was. It was just, you know, last five minutes. I, I think I came on for the last 10 minutes or something and obviously we were, we're hanging on for dear life. You know, we are getting bombarded. But the atmosphere, like we're going to Wembley now, and I was like, wow. And after the game, I mean, it was just some sort of buzz. Like, it was crazy. You know, John Terry walked into our change room after the game, fair play, and just said, look, congratulations to you. All the best and that. So he sometimes gets a bit a bit of a bad name, don't he, in football? But them little things like that don't go amiss on young players like me. And you mentioned Wembley there. I mean, you came on, I think, after 65 minutes in front of 83,000 against Cardiff. It's mad, really, looking back how close bounds they were actually to get into an FA Cup final, wasn't it? We could have won it. Uh, it. There were the four teams that were left in it. We actually could have won it. That was the crazy thing. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed I weren't starting, to be honest, at Wembley. I know it sounds silly, but I think it was a week before, or a couple of weeks before I started a game at QPR, my first game and I was up front on my own I didn't have the best of games but we had no chance QPR were the top team and to be fair we got battered but you know I've been training really well and like the week up to it I was thinking I've got a, I've got a really good chance of playing here and I, re- I was really confident of playing and when I found out I, were, I was I was obviously absolutely devastated because I thought you don't even know if you're going to get on do you when you're on the bench and stuff like that mm. but to get on for 30 minutes yeah it was, it was, it was mint I mean my family took a, a 52 seat coach down from Scarborough so there was, the full works were there and we were 1-0 down when I came on just just as I come on Coyote missed went through one-on-one and missed that chance uh, and you know that probably hurt him and hurt us all because that could have been the, the changing point really and you, you were were absolutely flying at that point weren't you in terms of your career from strength to strength and, mm-hmm. and making more appearances but like you mentioned there about your injury I mean you ruptured your ACL didn't you in April I think yeah. in training and then yeah. I mean, you still won the young player of the year but after a long recovery you did it again the same mm-hmm. injury physically and mentally how difficult was that to deal with especially for someone so young and, and sort of second to that do you ever think about you know what might have been if you'd not had that injury I mean it's probably natural to think like that isn't it yeah it was strange because that no, was a Monday morning I remember it was a Monday morning in training just a normal training session just twisted and you know I thought that didn't feel right did a lot of pain but never been injured before so I weren't aware of anything I wasn't even aware what an ACL was I didn't know what it was I'll be honest and you know I was hobbled off to the physio room and then sent straight for a scan and when I come back at like walked in I could see the physio's face straight away and he was like you've done your ACL and I said what's that so I didn't know and he was like well it's the worst thing you can possibly do in your knee it's like six months and that was like whoa I was absolutely devastated Simon Davey had agreed with me about two weeks before that we were going to sign a new decent contract in the summer that got put on hold they ended up staying on the same contract so I was I was just it, it really hit on I was like I was in I was in a dark place I knew because I'd done it in April I was going to miss the start of next season as well which is probably even worse because you know you, you don't want to miss any pre-season because that's the opportunity to come in and be fit and impress so knowing that I was going to go into next season probably not get back till Christmas time was probably the worst thing for me and mentally it was it was really tough you know I was still living in Scarborough so I was travelling to Barnsley most days and when you're injured you're in nine till three religiously you can't you know it's the lads are leaving at 12 and you're still there doing all your rehab and you know luckily the club at, when I did it at Barnsley the, the club's got good facilities you know and good staff so the support was there for me and they did look after me but it's just frustrating really frustrating at the time you mentioned there about your contract that could make big difference to your sort of financial long-term future couldn't it as well if you'd had a oh, really yeah. big contract I'd be 
surprised if it were at least double what I'd, from what I'd done. And obviously, year wise, it'd have been long term. And you know, there was a few young players there at the time who did get looked after. There was Jacob Butterfield has gone on to have a good good career in in Championship, and I'd say like me and him were on similar sort of different players, but on similar levels as in breaking through and stuff. So he's probably gone on to not have to work again after playing football. And unfortunately, I've gone the other way where I've got to work again. So you, your form and your fitness did return when you were on loan to Grimsby, which must have been really pleasing for you from a personal point of view but that was when the, cl- the club were getting relegated out of the football league so again you know big club but that must have been a difficult experience to be part mm. of that group yeah well I think I went to Chester first for a month but that's been wiped off the system and that was an eye opener because I turned up there and the players were on strike because they hadn't been getting paid and I was like what's going on here but once again it did me well I think I played seven games scored a couple of goals and ended up getting to Grimsby which you know massive club to be fair I was really looking forward to it it was quite a big challenge as well because I'd not played much football for three years and straight into League Two, which is a is a good standard, you know, it isn't there's no two ways about it. And slung in against Lincoln in first game away, which was a massive derby again and yeah. another game similar to the York ones where it's intense as anything. So yeah, it was it was good. Did you worry about sort of psychologically after that injury, the next game that you play, you worried you're gonna do it again or first time, not at all. I, the first time I felt strong really straight away and I was like, no issues whatsoever. Felt fine. Then I did it again in training, just something really slight and I, I didn't think I'd done anything and I went home turned up to play a reserve game the next day and it, my knee was big and the physio was like or swollen physio was like you need to go get it checked out done it again but when I come back from that one that was when it took a lot of time to sort of get my confidence back I was like proper gone with it then to be honest with you and Was that one of the reasons that you signed permanently for Grimsby then because the sort of confidence that they gave you after that, that set of injuries I really really liked it there it was a mint club, good training grounds, mint fan base, good set of lads. I thought we'd probably do better than what we did, if that made sense. We were a big team in the conference, which yeah. probably didn't help us at the time. You know, everyone wanted to come to Grimsby and beat us. So Yeah, it can um, take a bit of time to adjust, I think, can't it, when big clubs drop into that transition yeah. period. But I mean, your stats for Grimsby were really good, weren't they? Nine in 33 in your first season, 10 mm. in 52 in the second season. Yeah. And uh, including a header against York in a 3 2 win for York City at Blundell Park. What are your memories of that game? And because that's one of my favourite ever York City performances away from home I thought we were, really, we were yeah. excellent in that, that game did, did that sort of stick in your mind how York played that night uh, yeah that game and then the, obviously the home game where Jay scored that over red kick that was the one yeah. for me I think where I was like what is going on here it's like, can't get a touch of the ball <laughs> just chasing shadows all over the place it was incredible and I knew Curry really well anyway from Scarborough so I knew what type of player he was, but it was like there was 11 of them who just couldn't give the ball away. And it was like a well-known fact in, in the league and in, in around dressing rooms that York would as footballer played was was frightening. And I think Scott played a little bit of a part in getting you to York. Is that, that correct? Yeah, I spoke to Curry though. Yeah, I spoke to him a lot about that summer trying to trying to get it over the line. And I went around at least six or seven teams that summer. Could have chose any of them, to be honest, and without bigging myself up. But I think the way York played and the way Gary Mills was and the proximity to Scarborough just sealed it for me, really. It was nothing financially. It was nowhere near the best offer. It wasn't that. It was just, it was about trying to improve me as a player. And I thought York was the best sort of option yeah and you're back in the football league weren't you 24 yeah. years old and did you have any worries about the reaction from Scarborough I guess at that point Scarborough will have been not like what they are now I guess if that makes sense yeah I think that's probably I didn't really get anything any issues really I th- that's probably why because I don't think they had a club I don't think they'd formed anything by then or they might have just formed or something so no I, I mean 
football's football, isn't it? And you've got to look after yourself. And with York being close to home, it was sort of a no, a no brainer for me really to go there. And the Scarborough thing didn't really didn't really cross my mind there. You know, we were just talking off air before we been the amount of sort of cracking goals that you scored for York City, and one of them was on your debut against Doncaster Rose. Just talk us through that goal. If you will, yeah, I had a I had a shocking game. I can remember I was score that game, but yeah, I just cut in from the right and swung my left, which I don't often do. And it's one of them where I think you just get a little decent contact on it, and it just flew in top corner, didn't it? And great way to start my career. It's always nice. It's, I think it's the only time I've actually scored on my debut at any club, so it's not something I normally do. So yeah, I was I was absolutely buzzing with it, and but then unfortunately I, I nearly cleared the stand with my penalty in the shootout. Yeah, <laughs> so I've not wrote that one down there. <laughs> God in four consecutive games. Uh, late August early September and you scored yeah. after 15 seconds against Oxford and again almost like deja vu you're flying in your career and then yeah, yeah. November you ruled out for the season with another ACL what must be going through your mind at that stage when it's I know you've been through it before but a yeah. third time it must have been really difficult yeah that was really tough like you said I'd just got off to a a great start four and five you're thinking right here we go you know you're getting excited the team were doing fairly well we were competing in most games creating chances and then it was a weird how it happened actually because Gary Mills had been bringing me off after about 60 minutes in the in the few games before my form had dipped a little bit before I did my cruciate and he, he was bringing me off after 60 minutes every game and I was getting frustrated because obviously games were opening up at the, in the last 30 minutes mm-hmm. so he pulled me in and I spoke to him I was like well stop bringing me off like let me give me a chance to play a bit longer and you know when the game opens up and stuff so he kept me on at Accrington and I did it in about the 78th minute or something and I was like what is going on yeah I got stretched off at Accrington I knew I'd done it I knew straight away like I couldn't I could tell by the feeling and that was really really hard to take I think luckily I had a two year contract didn't I so it sort of you know always gives you that little bit of security but I was in a bad place there I'll be honest with you was and this is someone who, who doesn't kind of know these things mm-hmm. is it harder to sort of recover a, a team bit lower down the pyramid than it would at, say Barnsley when they're in the championship and the sort of, you mentioned about the good facilities they had mm-hmm. earlier I don't know what York's facilities were like back then but was it harder yeah it was harder but easier if that makes sense because I knew what I had to do to get back fit I'd been through it twice already so I literally didn't need any help I knew all the exercises I knew how I'd done it before so I knew exactly what I needed to do again the only issue was the facilities were obviously at the training ground was a cabin that half of the machines didn't work in luckily we had Roco so I spent a lot of time in there but you're on your own you're not with your teammates you're doing your own thing it's hard to push yourself sometimes dark days and we had the dream job you're playing football as a living but mm. that's been took away from you and people don't understand that and it was hard it was, it was from really dark days luckily I had a couple of trips to St George's Park to do some rehab there which them little breaks and stuff give you like sort of light at the end of the tunnel and and they really help with me and is it sort of hard to almost sort of stay relevant I was just sort of thinking particularly as Gary Mills got sacked and the new manager comes in and do you still come to the games are you sort of like showing your face just just to sort of make sure someone like Nigel doesn't forget that you are a player signed on what what is it like when you're injured or a a player's different that is really tough when a new manager comes in when you're injured because obviously you want to be the one that creates an impression but you, you're not getting the opportunity because you're not on the training ground especially when Nigel came in I think we were obviously we were in a position where basically all he cared about was the starting 11 because he needed to get results to stay in the league so if you weren't involved he weren't giving you any time which I could understand because he was literally focused on getting your safe which was his job so you know it's like you've been pushed out a bit but I think as you grow older as you get a bit more experienced like I was then I was probably touching 24, 25. Thought I'd not have to deal with it, but maybe if that was when I was 19, 20, I would have struggled a bit more. 
I think. Yeah. I mean, you did come back strong, didn't you, the following season, and particularly the second half of the season, as Nigel sort of moved you a bit more further up the pitch, didn't he, and a bit more central, and, and you repaired him with seven goals. And, and I think the pick of him was probably the volley, wasn't it? The winner at Portsmouth. Yeah. That must have been, you know, really special for you, particularly after what you went through, scoring a winner in a, in a game like that against a club that, you know, not that long ago been in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. That season was the craziest in my life. I'd reckon December the 1st, sometime in December, I was sat in Nigel's office at Boone Crescent and basically said, right, we had a massive argument and I said to him, I'll, well, I'll never play for you again anyway. We literally had a complete bust up. I was going, I was, I was literally about to drive to Wrexham and the chairman blocked it because he wanted me to be around still. And the next minute, I think he, I come on on the, might have been a 26 away at Berry, I think it was, or somewhere like that, came on and scored and then started the next game and I think we, we didn't go, we went unbeaten until the end of the season, didn't we? And it was like, it was, mm. what a season, that, what a like six months that was. It was brilliant. I mean, the team we had was fantastic and the spirit and yeah, that goal at Portsmouth, we'd worked on it in training. Nigel was like, I've got a throw in that I want us to try to do. So we set it up in training. Ben Davis throw it over your left shoulder, turn volley. And it literally came off within, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes at Pompey and yeah, mint atmosphere. And I, I actually find myself watching the highlights at that game on YouTube just to listen to the fans at the end of the game because it still gives me goosebumps it's meant you know obviously you were, you were playing alongside uh, Nick Pope as well around that time what were your first impressions of him yeah it's easy saying it now isn't it but yeah I mean the way he come and took throw-ins and crosses and that was his strength you know he came out for everything he got us out of so many tricky situations by just coming off his line and catching everything you know if there was a throw-in that came in towards the edge of the area he'd be off he'd be after it and he'd get you out of trouble what was he like in the dressing room what was he like as a person a very nice kid fairly quiet didn't say much much, but you know, it was. I don't know if if he was really overly professional. I don't know. I, like, I can't remember seeing him in the gym that much or anything like that. But just a really nice kid. No ego. Come from Charlton, obviously. So you know, he could have come in and thought he was better than everyone, but just one of the lads, perfect. And obviously, when things are going well, like it was, everyone's happy and you know everyone's buzzing with each other. And he was a massive part of us getting that sort of run to the playoffs. And, and you mentioned that run to the playoffs. There, seventeen games unbeaten going into them. Were yeah. you confident as players that you could go all the way? Then, hundred percent. When you go on them runs in football, you sort of come invincible. And we sort of knew at the time if we if we scored, we'd probably win the game. So the amount of one nils we had was was crazy. I think in that in that spell. So we were confident, really confident. Don't know if, if the first game getting cancelled or anything like that played an impact, but still think about them two games now we had enough chances to win I had a couple myself you know and what could have been it's really frustrating looking back on it thinking you know it really could have been us but luckily we lost and I got to my wedding in time so that, that made up for it <laughs> I'm sure your wife's pleased about that yeah. and, and I, I heard you mention in another interview that Charlie Taylor is one of the hardest opponents you've ever come up against and that was in those two playoff games yeah. and that might surprise a few York fans because I think I'm right in saying that he ended up getting sent back to Leeds United I mean I know he was only a very young lad when he was there but just, yeah. just talk us through why he's one of your toughest opponents and what, what was the difference between him at York and Fleetwood I don't know what he'd done in that year or two or year whatever it was but he about trebled in size like legs were humongous stacked just completely different player I mean he weren't bad when he came to York I don't think he really got a chance to be fair and was it Gary Mills at the time but he must have gone away and worked, worked hard in the gym and worked hard on the pitch and you know he had a bit of everything he had aggression, pace, power, very tough. He was good at going forward, so you had to track him back. He's had a bit of everything and 
to be fair to him, you can see that now. With is another player who's gone on to play in the Premier League week in week out. So just shows, you know, as well in football that he could have been sent back to Leeds and could have ruined his career. But he's obviously gone back and he's got his head down, worked hard, and gone all the way to the top. Yeah, he's shown a lot of resilience, hasn't he? Yeah. Nigel left the following season, and Russ Wilcox came in. And you mentioned how you had a big bust up with Nigel, but were you quite gutted then to see him go after the fact you'd sort of repaired your relationship and and you you were back to your best almost? Really gutted, really gutted. I think by the end of the season after the buyout contract was up and me and Nigel sat in a boardroom with a chairman. I didn't even use an agent because I didn't need one because I knew I wanted to stay and we'd agreed a uh, contract and Nigel was like, no, no, I'll tell you what, he deserves a bit more. So Nigel literally, give, I'd agreed whatever and Nigel went, no, I want to give, that's the type of bloke he was. I think he liked it that I wanted to play. I didn't want to be sat around doing anything. He liked my sort of attitude towards playing and when we sat down at the end of the season, we had a laugh about it. It was like, just walk under the bridge and you've been brilliant for me and I said to him, like, probably one of the best managers I've worked under was in man management. He was brilliant at it and yeah, I was absolutely gutted to see him go, I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, I, I really don't know why he decided to go. Maybe his recruitment worked great. He thought, I'm getting out of here before I get sacked or whatever. And I'm not sure, but I think it was a massive loss for y'all. Yeah, and he's never gone on to manage anyone else, has he? I think yeah. he's almost sort of happy with his with his lot, wasn't he? And, and maybe if we'd have had him 10 years before, you know, he might well have stayed on a lot longer. That's what I'm surprised about. I really thought he'd have turned up somewhere else, you know, and I was probably hoping for it deep down myself that, you know, he did. That's how footballers sort of make moves all over the place from mm. managers who turn up and he just never did so maybe he'd had enough of football and thought right I'm just going to do a bit of commentating here and there maybe I'm not sure Jackie came in but sort of in, in between there Richard Creswell was caretaker manager and I think he made you captain didn't he mm. at, at Crawley yeah, away right. I think I sort of heard someone say that you felt that his training sessions were as good as anyone you'd yeah. played under is that is that correct? Cressy and Jono took over for that week before Crawley and the sessions were, were brilliant most football sessions are the same anyway most managers do the same things but it's the way they approach him and the way their attitude is towards him and the hunger and the drive and they'd obviously watched Crawley and they'd done their homework and they set us up away at Crawley to win a game and everything they said worked. They worked on switching players to get out and down flanks and within five minutes I think we'd put about three crosses across them goal where we should have scored from and it just weren't meant to be one of them games it weren't meant to be you could tell after 10 minutes we weren't going to score and unfortunately they got I think a penalty late on didn't they and won one nil and we sat on the bus on the way home and all the lads are like absolutely devastated so I think it was a, new, a unanimous decision that we all wanted them to to take the job and you know they were like oh, you, you're captain can you can you message Jason and tell him that I was like right I'm doing it and it's not something you should do really but I thought right I'm doing it anyway so I text Jason I said look I just want you to know that I think you know we all want Crazy and Jono to get the job and that he said the decision had already been made Jack is coming in and stuff but I, I know for a fact if them two got that job though York won't be in the position they're in, in now that is an absolute fact I was going to say it's almost like a bit of a sliding doors moment isn't it that, that decision was made and and I didn't know whether well it sounds like from what you've said that kind of what I'm going to say is irrelevant really but I was thinking whether York had a won at Crawley and maybe won well whether there would have been a, mm. been a different decision but I guess we'll, we'll never know looking back at your final season at the club we were talking again weren't we before that there's like a goals of a season sort of mm. montage somewhere from that season and I think you got about five in the, in the whole uh, competition of it picking up a few of them Barnsley in Football League yeah, trophy yeah. was that special A because of the sort of goal that was a you know unbelievable free kick and B sort of where it was you know back at the club that you had that spell with yeah I've watched that a few times to be fair yeah I haven't scored any free kicks like that I've scored a few free kicks probably in my, in my career but that one yeah it's it's one of them where one in a hundred isn't it if it comes off and 
just hit it so sweetly. I, just, I hadn't even had a run up, and it was about thirty yards out, thirty five yards out, and especially to score it. Yeah, oh well, I think it put us in the lead as well. Actually, I think went one nil up, and oh yeah, I was absolutely delighted with that one. Would have liked to a few, a few more fans there, really. It'd have been nice if their stand was full behind goal where it went into. But yeah, there were some good goals that year. I mean, personally, that year I was really struggling with injuries. I, if you ask my wife or whatever, I couldn't even get out of bed most mornings. My groins and my my hernias. I was in a really really bad way. I don't even know how I got through that season. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I literally trained on a Friday for that and just struggling. Just like it's all right going into a few games when you don't feel right, you know. But when you're going into it every week, it gets you down and down and down, and you're not yourself. And I think the goal sort of papered over the cracks, really. You know, they, they kept me coming back as you like. But mm. I should never ever have played that many games that season. I was just, I was, I was nowhere near. One of the games you did play was against Notts County. I mean, that lob over Roy Carroll yeah. was uh, for me personally. I think one of one of your best goals and uh, like a different type of goal that you'd scored before. Yeah, yeah no, another one. Yeah, just just one of them instinct sort of moments where you're chasing a ball and down channel and you see. See him coming out a corner of your eye, and you just—I'm I'm sort of better in, in them situations. I think in football, where, when I've got time and I'm through one-on-one, or when I'm not great, but when it's like an instinct sort of, that's when my finishes are normally a little bit better. So that's probably why I score more better goals if that makes sense rather than tappings because I'm always when I've got time, you're doubting yourself before you even take a shot. You know if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and just going back to that Barnsley one, how often do you practice free kicks? Because I remember another really good one you got against Newport County in 2014. Yeah, Newport. Yeah, I love that. Look, I love that one just for the importance and stuff yeah that, that was I really really loved that one I did a few free kicks every week without fail yeah not religiously I wouldn't spend hours do shooting nearly every day some sort of shooting but not different sorts of shooting not just free kick I'd always take a few and when I when I was on penalties at York the last year I was on penalties so I got a couple I'd always practice penalties I'd always make sure I'd have a few penalties before before the games but Three kicks is it's just one of them. Get five or six lads after training or I'll get a few balls and just, you know, have a few free kicks. And just sort of coming on to your move away from York, you signed a pre-contract agreement with, with mm-hmm. St. Johnson. Were, were you always going to leave York? Because I, I kind of remember at the time that the club sort of expressed a bit of disappointment in you leaving. But I mean, is that not just the way the Bosman sort of ruling works, isn't it? And I didn't know yeah. whether York had made you an offer. No, I'd never had an offer from York. And I knew and York knew that I was in a body-wise, my body was not right. And, you know, I knew York knew that, but I knew St. Johnson didn't know that. So I was like, I'm going to have to do this because if I'd have left it to end of the season, I still hadn't got sorted. I'd have been really struggling for the next year is in getting somewhere sorted out. And I didn't really want to go. I didn't really want to leave York. I was really happy there. But I just thought financially, it weren't much, probably weren't much better. It's probably similar to what I was earning at York. But then again, it was an opportunity as well to, to take where I'm thinking, right, I played, we played St. Johnson in a pre-season friendly the year before, so I'd sort of seen the ground, seen the setup, mm. knew it was quite good. And then you obviously got the big teams in Scotland, aren't you? And you're thinking, do you know what? What chance are you going to get to go play at Ibrox and Celtic and, and stuff like that? So I thought I had to do it. And just start to do it and it was probably my own fault for just doing it and not telling the club you know because Jason had been good he had been really good with me for the four years you know he dealt me out mm. in some difficult situations He's, he'd been to my house to meet my mum to have a chat about a certain situation and stuff you know it, it was brilliant with me it really was and then for him to find out like that probably on a on a tweet or on a paper it, it worked the right way to go about it and I am really sorry I did it like that but it's just just how it happened and that sounds like something you regret then is it the way it yeah I, I regret the way it got done yeah I really do because you know I ended up leaving York on bad terms really and I, it should never have come down to that because you know I'd always give my all for him 
I'd appreciate the fans. The fans seemed to appreciate me and I had good relationships with everyone at the club. So yeah, it was it was a shame really. I remember I got booed when I come on against was it I can't remember it was and then I put about that goal, didn't I? Yeah, but, I mean, it was Crawley, wasn't it? I was I was gonna yeah. say you, you cupped your ears, didn't you, when you scored yeah. and, it, and it was weird because it was a, again a, a, another fantastic goal fitting with the rest of them you scored that season. But yeah, it was was that just a frustration all around then? You're not daft, you know, in football, like these situations do arise and you are gonna get a bit of stick and you know, I've had stick before and I, I can handle it but it was just that was just one of them on it where you, you get it and you do something like that you've got to sort of just respond to it you, with a little thing like that but I was gutted York went down honestly was really gutted York went down really gutted but I think there was only ever where, there was only ever one way they were going to go when that sort of appointment was made and not rectified early and I wonder whether some of the fans frustration back then was probably because of what was going on on the pitch elsewhere not not really to do with Michael Coulson more to do with the fact that York yeah. were, were sinking weren't they what was it like then in that dressing room because uh, you know compare it to when you joined you know those 2012 sort of leaders that were from the promotion team like Scott Kerr Chris mm. Smith Ingy and people like that and, and how it felt like there was a lot of kind of young kids there playing for York and, yeah. and it, it just seemed like there was a bad vibe all the way through is my hunch right about that the kind of spirit yeah probably four or five of us left weren't they and then it was like there's a different player turning up every day and it was when you, when you are struggling managers panic a little bit and you, there's players coming on loan from Arsenal from all over the place I think we got beat onto Akron didn't we that Arsenal lad who played can't remember his name Stephen um, O'Connor he was in change room after the game and he was gosh league two is tough isn't it and I was like thinking what do you expect <laughs> do you know what I mean what do you expect this is this is League 2 we seem to have a few players like that who come in and maybe didn't realise the situation didn't realise the importance like they're going to go back to Arsenal fortunes or whatever and under 23s where those lads it's our living we need results we can't go back mm. to Arsenal do you yeah. think like those players because they'd, most of them had come through sort of academy systems that were just were used to the sort of physicality of League 2 that's how I felt as a, as a supporter yeah I think unless you've sort of played in it so they're never going to get used to it unless they're playing it to, if that makes sense but I don't think they expected it to be as, as intense and it's 100 mile an hour it's literally 100 mile an hour you don't get a minute for either your centre half can't get on ball like in Premier League and have 5-6 passes you can't do that it's just non-stop you're not ready for it you can you get found out straight away and that season at York we just we just work up for work up for the battle and it's down to the players really but obviously the manager needs to sort of take responsibility as well to not get that battle out of the players and you said before that, that you know you, you kind of had that stand-up row with Nigel so you're obviously someone who's quite happy to speak their mind were you doing that at the point in the dressing room were you, you a sort of player that would sort of dig people out if they weren't playing well yeah I think at that time I was yeah I mean I'd have been the longest serving player there I think at the time or maybe and obviously getting on a bit in age so yeah I was because so I'll be honest with you, it weren't coming from anyone else. There was no one else. There was no, it weren't coming from the manager. It weren't coming from the assistant manager. We got beaten. It's like, oh, well, we'll go again next week. But the weeks were running out. What was your relationship out. like with, with Jackie? Fine. Really yeah. good. Really nice blow. Loads of respect for for everything he'd done in, in football. I just didn't expect him to sort of be how he was. It's not, it's not a dig because that's the way he approached him, but it was just different to what I'd managed before. I think he was quite a quiet man, really. Quite like timid. Maybe didn't have the presence of some of the other managers that I've had there, but on a personal note when he pulled you in to speak to you it was fantastic and he went out of his way to, to make sure he'd spoke to all the lads and it was just his way of doing it I just don't think it was quite right it obviously worked for him when he was in Scotland but maybe it didn't work for him from down here and at what point did you did you think you know York City were in big trouble here was it early on in, in sort of Jackie's reign or was it sort of pre-Jackie I'd have never really fought it until it sort of got to the last two months of the season you're always thinking you're going to get out of it really but I think that Akron game was one for me because I'd been playing for ages with all these injuries and that and I think after that Akron game I just thought it's not worth it it's literally not worth me 
playing anymore. I was risking doing serious damage to my body and we're getting pummeled every week and nobody seems to care. I think I actually went and got an op after that, if I remember rightly. I'm not sure. I think your last game was actually late in Orient, I think, on April the 2nd. But, oh, but I think it? you're right, that Accrington game was quite significant, wasn't it? I think I remember like three or four players maybe even made the debuts that day and yeah. it just felt like it was a, a team that was, you know, cobbled together and they knew exactly what they were doing and had yeah. likes of Josh Windass sort of bossing it in midfield. Yeah, they absolutely pummeled us, didn't they? I think it could have been a few more. I've had, had a few beatings of Accrington in my time and you know, that just shows you the sort of, they haven't got a massive budget Accrington and they won't be paying people crazy money but they've got a manager, they've got a squad who know what the roles are and get that winning feeling and just strong just it's like they enjoy themselves when they're playing football and they've always yeah. been like that and that's why they're in League One now whatever it is it's crazy to think that I played against them in the conference with Scarborough like tiny club getting a thousand fans but it just shows you what team spirit can do really yeah and a well-run club I guess of our sad end to your time I mean 129 appearances for your 23 goals how do you look back on your time at the club and, and what would you class as your best goal or your favourite goal from your time there I thought it was a success really I think it could have been better as in first injury who knows what might have happened without that but coming back from that third cruciate I don't think many many people would ever play football again to be honest after three cruciates so to even come back and sort of play well again was good really enjoyed my time there I just I, I mean I went back to training ground about three or four weeks ago with my Scarborough team to, to take him for a game and it's just like just all comes back you know lament, lament. I loved it absolutely loved it favourite goal would be importance of Newport one just for the day because it was just a mint that was just a great day that's really good day after the, after the game everyone was buzzing and family was there and later on free kick win one they'll get in the playoffs don't get much better man of the match but other than that I'd probably say the Barnsley one just for being able to watch it back and see it and it's just like, yeah that's that is some hit that one, yeah. yeah it's so far out I mean I, I, I remember it but time but when watching it back to sort of prepare for this interview I, I couldn't believe how far out it was. I think it was Emile Sinclair so the next minute he went surely you're not hitting this you're not hitting it you see his reaction he's just shocked. <laughs> Would you hit it from that far out had it not been Barnsley do you think it was that you were sort of determined to score against your old club? I don't know I think when I take three kicks I really like I prefer going that side what I went so because the keeper was stood at the other side but that probably made my mind though I think if the keeper was stood at the side the ball went in I wouldn't have shot because I don't like hitting him the other way at all I seem to get underneath him and go high maybe where the keeper stood like same as Newport I think Newport same side like keeper stood on the other side I'd always sort of go that way so maybe maybe it's something to do with that I think really like we said before you know you, you moved on to St Johnson and mm. they seemed so keen to sign you as well I think they were trying to sign you a bit earlier than what you went there Tommy Wright in, in particular but what went wrong there because you know like I say that they were so keen to sign you but I look back at your sort of appearances and I think you scored in pre-season but you know you were sub not used on the first game and I looked at the sort of big games like the Celtic away and Rangers away and you, you, sometimes you weren't in the squad I mean that, that must have been a really frustrating spell for you to not really get the proper opportunity yeah there was there was loads of things really the sort of main thing was that I was injured still so when I signed for him past the medical somehow when I signed on the day that got released that was like when I was still at York and then at the end of the season I, I had to ring Tommy right and said look I'm going to have to go get another operation because I'm not right and he was fuming on the phone saying oh, you're going to be fit for start of pre-season I said I'll, I'll do my best and so I ended up going to uh, Leicester and had another operation paid for it myself and it was like £8,000 or something to get, I had to get it back off the PFA though but luckily I did and by the time the summer the time pre-season training had started I was just I was still really struggling I mean I'd had my knee injuries and stuff and I think this stomach 
problem was probably worse. I just couldn't get rid of it. It was like running, like it's hard to explain. It's all like tight and you couldn't like release. So I was really struggling with injury. Didn't have a great pre-season, weren't fit. Then my little boy was born on the first day of the season against Aberdeen. So I was up, up to like five o'clock in the morning. Ended up coming on for a few minutes knackered didn't do anything and just never really got an opportunity and when I did I started a game at home did my calf after 20 minutes so it was just it was just a crazy spell of football where everything I was doing I was getting injured or I just worked right and he pulled me in roughly six months in and just he said look obviously it's not working very well for you you're not doing well and I just said well I'm not getting an opportunity basically you're giving me one game you're slinging me out you're giving me another and he went well I'll be honest with you I said I've got players here who've been here five six years and said they deserve more chances than you so so you won't play and uh, fair enough then that's how we just ended up coming to an agreement and, and all that. seems a bit bizarre saying that when, when they yeah. were so active in trying to sign you but you, you ended up coming back to Scarborough in 2017 was was that to sort of because I imagine you would have had a, a number of offers from higher up the pyramid but was that about sort of give, almost giving back to that community yeah. and going home and maybe helping you psychologically yeah. to get over your injuries yeah, I always I always had that in, in mind, probably not as early as uh, as it happened because you know, I was only 28, I think, at the time. And I was still I knew I still had a lot left in me. But I think being up in Scotland and not playing and being injured from a fair amount of the season, clubs were sort of saying to me, look, no, we know what you're about. We remember you from England, but you need to come in and improve your fitness and stuff. And I, I just thought, I'm, not, I'm 28 years old, I am coming in on trial at club if, if they don't want me then fair enough so I sort of made my mind up I thought you know obviously Scarborough were desperate to sign me I thought I'm just going to go now and prepare for the future with my missus was pregnant again so we were ready to have two kids and you know it's hard work when we we're in Scotland we have no support no family support so we thought we sort of made the decision to come back get the family support get a job and play some professional football and you know, I've not really regretted it I'll be honest with you these times where I think I, you know, I know I can still play at a high level but I've really enjoyed my time and I, I think it's probably one of the best decisions I've made Does it feel like the same club? I mean I, I don't know I mean, I've been to McCain Stadium a, a few times I've not been to the yeah. that you play at now but does it feel like the same club or you know has the club changed there's a lot of similar faces the fans it's still like the, the main hardcore group of fans who, who go to religiously to the game so uh, the, the directors of this club now are all fans back at the old club and stuff so it does feel like the same club but the, the ground's the problem really and it's you know if they were playing at the McCain Stadium it'd be it'd be fantastic but unfortunately we're not so it's a good facility for, for the community it's a 4G it's get, it gets used by people all the time so in that sense it's good but you know in another sense you want a nice grass pitch with a couple of big stands don't you but we haven't got that at the moment it was quite hard for me to sort of find some stats there but I think I'm right in saying you got 42 goals in all the competitions in your first season back you were yeah. the league's player of the year you were promoted from the, yeah. the Northern Prem I mean it's incredible effort and, and some of the goals you scored as well I think it was Stratford and, and Radcliffe they rival anything you sort of scored at York for yeah. me yeah. and it just looks like you're really enjoying your football again yeah I think I didn't score in my first four or five games I was like Jesus what, what's going on here I was starting to doubt myself again thinking have I lost it or what but then I suddenly they started going Going in and you know the confidence rises and felt really good yeah, I think the training once a week might have sort of helped my body a little bit repair itself uh, I was flying I felt fit didn't miss a game for three seasons which you know for me is was a massive achievement really going along with getting promoted and winning player of the years and that to, to play every game for three years is, is massive for me and of course recently uh, Jonathan Greening's been appointed the, the new manager and Michael Ingham's his assistant yeah. two two people you know obviously really really well from your yeah. time at York it, it looks like there's a real buzz about 
about the club again at, at Scarborough. Is is that fair to say? And are you looking forward to the new season? I think everyone's just excited to be playing football again. And it's been just for us anyway. In the last two seasons, it got curtailed. The one before this one, we played about seven games. We haven't played since November, I think it is. Which what is it? Nine months or something without a game of football. It's really hard to get your head around that when it's been part of your life. But there's a big buzz now, especially John Oningy. And Scarborough obviously know a lot about John. I probably don't know much about Ingy, but two lads who I've worked with and who I know fantastic coaches and great people as well like really really great people who are really hungry that they want to succeed it's an opportunity for them to to progress as well so if they come to Scarborough and do well who knows I'm sure they want to progress back into higher levels of football so we've had a couple of training sessions in the last two weeks so he's met everyone and they've been great everyone's enjoyed it it's a tough division as well isn't it I mean, Buxton sp- seem to spend a lot of money done and South Shields are in there as well And but, but is he aimed for, for Scarborough to get promotion this season yeah, Buxton have just signed Ash Chambers haven't they yeah no, it's, it's yeah. it'll be back here. yeah I think so, yeah, promotion. It won't it'd be hard to it is a tough league, like you've said there, really tough league. There's a lot of clubs who have got a little bit of dosh behind them. So it'll be difficult. Scarborough's sort of a club where because of the travelling and that it can put a lot of people off. So it is, can be hard to get to get the best players here. But then again, it's like building a, a team, isn't it? That we'll get spirit and hopefully we can uh, compete in this league because you know, the likes of Shields and that, they, they are very good. Very good team. On, on a well, par with sort of York, with the way they play football, you know, as in York the old York yeah yeah that's it around yeah. well I wish you the best of luck Michael for the following season and uh, you know it's been a pleasure to sort of speak to you and, mm. and go over your career thanks for all your honesty and uh, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed going over your memories no thank you and good luck to to all the City fans if the season I hope you enjoy your new stadium and stuff and hopefully we'll get you an FA Cup and I'll come and score a winner against you <laughs> joking <laughs> Huge thank you then to Michael Coulson for giving up his time. Real pleasure to speak to him. Real honest, genuine guy. who I was really keen to, to speak to because he was there in 2012 when the club had just been promoted. He was a key part of that 2014 playoff run and also he was there when things started to go a little bit downhill. So it was nice to get his kind of take on all of those things. So I really appreciate him uh, speaking to us. Also, big thanks to Derwent Red Supporters Group for sponsoring the episode. Again, people who, who sponsor the episodes are, are making a real difference to us as a charity. Hospital Ball is a part of your hospital radio. We, we rely on funding and, and donations and stuff like that and sponsorship to, to keep us going. So once again, if, if you're able to, to sponsor a future episode or you know make a donation, it's justgiving.com forward slash your hospital radio. Also, you might have seen on Twitter that, that we're hoping to get nominated for a charitable campaign award as part of the, um, the football content awards 2021 if you want to help us with that all you need to do is either copy and paste the, the tweet that I've, I've kind of pinned to our profile or you can just go to their website which is football content awards all one word.com and uh, you know just follow the links for the voting hopefully will help give us a bit more exposure and, and ultimately you know maybe lead to more donations for the charity So finally, just to say, next week we've got another interview with Jonathan Smith, which look past the Luton Town Association. I'm sure people will uh, really enjoy listening to. He's a very articulate man. Again, another person who was a real pleasure to speak to. And and of course, he had two spells at York City. So I'm sure people will enjoy listening to what he's got to say. So until next time, thanks again. and hopefully see you next week.